Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Forecast is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of Forecast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to squarespace.com slash forecast. What sort of future do you think we're heading for? How will we live as we slip into the 21st century? Welcome to Forecast, episode 72. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Scott Johnson. And welcome once again to a conversation amongst four people about the future, hence the pun that is the name of the show. Yes, I'm glad we're doing a show during a time where um, things have kind of calmed down in the news, you know, like we had a lot of really bad stuff happen, uh, kind of in rapid succession there. It did. In the last last week or so, it's just been kind of a little bit quiet, a little quieter anyway. No hurricanes, no Yeah, exactly. So it'll be fun to take this moment. And uh, talk about what may come instead of what has been. Joining us to do just that, uh, tech writer for CNN, Mark Million. You may have seen him on several shows here on the Twit Network. Mark, great to have you on Forecast. Thanks for coming. Good to be here predicting the future. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Correctly predicting the future. Also joining us, uh, tech editor for The Daily, Mr. Peter Ha. Good to meet you. And thanks uh, for coming on Forecast, Peter. Thanks for having me. I will try not to screw anything up. It's impossible <laughs> to screw up our show. We've built it foolproof. Hence mm. the two fools hosting it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Let's start off with a uh, prediction from one of our listeners. David wrote in and said, uh, conventional office workplaces are going to become fewer and fewer as the Internet becomes faster. Currently, I work in a payroll office that has an electronic document system. So basically, there's no paper forms, just thousands of TIFF files. And I spend almost every hour of my working day sitting at the computer, listening to Frog Pants podcast and music. So with a simple tweak of the system to allow for at-home use, the jobs of hundreds of people here could be moved to homes and there'd be more physical space in the city for shops, entertainment, or simply more offices that require human presence. I'm sure it's already happening in some ways. The social experience could be supplemented with IRC-like chat rooms for meetings, business talk, and just general chat. Mm-hmm. So David's, I think David's on to something. We've been saying it for you know more than a decade that you know more and more people would move into home offices and we would have more of a of a electronic commute every day. Telecommuting. Telecommuting, exactly. But um, I think we're still a little ways off from that. But it is interesting that we had a prediction last week about fuel prices, uh, you know, kind of spurring on this idea that less people would fly, drive, travel in general, and we would have to create a uh, an ecosystem of business that allowed for more people to, to uh, sort of connect in remotely. Certainly the technology is there now, and I think he's right about the the correlation between how much of that grows and happens with um, how fast the internet is and how reliable it is. Those factors, I think, work together to sort of uh, you know keep more of us working from home. A Baron in the chat room says that their uh, their office is doing exactly that. Thirty thousand employees. Wow. CNN has actually been doing trials in this um, with the remote. Boat bureaus. They're actually doing one in San Francisco. Um, a bunch of us did a work from home trial. I was working from home for like two weeks and i i didn't like it i felt like i was getting less done so now i'm in an office (laughs) surrounded by binders apparently (laughs) i am in a college professor's office 
Ah, that's that's nice. Uh, well, I, I I think a lot of people feel that way where they you know I can't get as much done when I work at home. But then you hear the other side of it, which is oh I get so much more work done when I'm at home because people aren't stopping by and interrupting me. Uh, Peter, you, it's, it looks like you're working in an office, but is it home or or out of out of an office building? So I'm out of the office uh, building here at the Daily, but you know I freelance for about three years and sort of miss working from home to be honest with you i did actually get a lot more done yeah because you don't have people just kind of popping in and and saying oh right. peter you're you're here let, let me ask you about this they the you can you can take control i kind of split yeah. my time i i do work from home in the morning uh and i do and i do get the benefit of that sort of being able to just focus on stuff and 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 concentrate on what i'm doing and then i come in for the afternoon and get the advantage of being around people and being able to throw ideas and bounce ideas off each other. Uh, so, so there are benefits to both. Scott, you're entirely at home. Yeah, as you know, Tom, I have converted my basement into what is now known as the Frog Pants Studios. And it's perfect for me. Um, but a lot of it comes with some, you know, you have to make some kind of rules and boundaries. Like I have three kids. All three are in school all day. But there are other times of the day where they want to come see dad or whatever. And so there's this kind of unspoken, well, it's a spoken rule. We talk about it. During, you know, whatever hours we set as when I'm going to be focused and working, they can't just kind of come in and hang out and do whatever. But then there's lots of time where that can happen too. We just sort of designate that time. So I know for a lot of working uh, families where there may be kids involved, it's a bigger issue. Um, but for me, we've worked it out. And my wife runs a lot of interference for me. And uh, I'm able to get far more done with what I'm doing now than I ever could before when I was in an office. This has been much, much better for me. So different strokes, different folks. But I, I feel like, you know, the, the better we get at virtualization of different tasks that used to require office space, the better, the closer we'll get to David's utopian future. Well, thanks, David, uh, for sending along your prediction. Anybody can send us your idea of a prediction. Uh, the, the shorter it is, uh, the more cohesive it is, the better chance it is to be read on the show. But we do read all of them. Send them to forecastpodcast at gmail.com, or you can post them up on our website, forecastpodcast.com. Let's get into the short-term predictions. These are things you think will happen sooner rather than later. And uh, Mark Million, we'll start with you. What do you, uh, what do you see in the short-term future? Uh, so I'm actually going to cheat and just take someone else's. Um, I was meeting with uh, uh, an, an engineering director from Google who oversees uh, Google Goggles, their image machine reading stuff. And, and he made this bold prediction that in 10 years, um, image machine reading computers will be able to look at a photo and tell you any known object inside of that photo. They'll be able to decipher you know, exactly what it's seeing inside of a photo in 10 years. Um, so, I, I mean, I think he knows what he's talking about. He's been studying this area for, for you know, two decades. So uh, I don't discount that. And uh, I think it, it would, I mean, it you know, add a lot of applications if you could just, uh, you know, type in I'm looking for or you take a picture of like some you know, backpack that you want to buy someday and it tells you exactly what model it is. So, Mark, you're saying, just so I can get some clarification, let's say I've got an old snapshot on an old camera that I can scan or I've got a digital camera uh, or an old digital photo. <clears throat> this technology would allow people to say, all right, well, in a shot and in, in, in a virtual instant, everything within the frame of that photo is recognizable. Even partial objects are recognizable as very specific objects, things 
uh, a sign that says a certain thing or whatever, despite resolution, megapixels, uh, blur, all that kind of stuff. Is that is that far as far reaching as well, I think I, it is? I think part of that prediction is that um, cameras will be shooting much higher resolution photos in 10 years. So part uh, part of the the uh, the restraints right now. Oh, is bandwidth. So if you're doing it from mobile and you're trying to send an image over 3G, it needs to crunch it. Part of that is the resolution of cameras and stability functions and all that. But so, so what this this uh, this guy Hartman Nevin from Google is saying is that in 10 years, the technology will be there to identify objects and people and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know, hardware will be good enough, and bandwidth will be good enough to make that all, uh, yeah. you know, mesh together. Right now, you know, if you do an image search, uh, it's it's basing its search results on what's around the image in context, and what what are the words on the page, and that has hilarious results sometimes. Like you search for Tom <laughs> Merritt, and you get Callie Lewis's picture, uh, which has happened before. But but what this would do would revolutionize that. So if you're searching for anything it would be able to identify it within the image and when you would only get pictures or even portions of pictures of what you're searching for which which would make image search so much more usable it would also make you know the the application of you know taking a picture of a building not knowing what building that is and it tells you or a picture of a car you might want to buy someday and it tells you what that is um so i think the you know, being able to search everything from a computer sort of application is great, but also just snapping a picture like, what is that leaf? What kind of tree is this? And it tells you, or what kind of bird am I looking at? Oh, Tom, an image search for you just yielded your high school driver's license. I'm just, I'm a little shocked. <laughs> uh, what, a Google? Are you serious? A Google search. I think this is you. I'll put it in the chat room, but uh, I bet anyway. it's. I bet it's not my driver's license. There's student something. I can't quite read it. That's the problem. We don't have photo technology to tell me what the heck this thing says. But Oh, yeah. It's my student ID from the University of Illinois. That is so awesome. They took a you screen cap off of NSFW show of that. Some killer hair is all I'm getting at. But, oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 really, <laughs> I really like this idea that we could finally maybe get to the point. You know how movies do it now? They're like, uh, pull it up on screen. All right. Hey, 20 times magnification. And then it comes, you know, it's all CSI and ridiculous. It sounds like what you're talking about is the eventual realization of that of that cinematic dream we've been promised for so long. We'll, we're finally going to get it for real. Yeah, Peter, what what do you think? Would you know in your daily life? Uh, would you use this either for your job or for home? The the ability to yeah. have a picture recognized. I you know even just to be able to tell who's in a photo, for instance. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be a useful tool as far as work is concerned, but it's sort of freaky at the same time that let's say you're just walking down the street and someone just randomly takes a photo of you and then immediately they will know enough about you, I guess, sort of based on whatever the search results come back with. So that's, I don't know, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Well, yeah, it's, it's part of the whole loss of our privacy, isn't it? I don't think we have privacy anymore. She wants our yeah, right. Google, yeah, we has don't. Been purposely slow in rolling out the facial recognition feature because of the privacy concerns. So their thinking now is that once they do the app, people will have to opt in and say, "I want to include myself in the database in order to be found when someone snaps a picture of my face." Um, but in ten years, who knows? 
Yeah, it'll be a whole ge- generation will have grown up in 10 years without the idea that we can protect certain parts of our lives from prying eyes. The, the, you're, the people are growing up in public uh, these days, it's, and, and it's, it's impossible to tell what that's going to mean uh, when, when folks who've grown up that way become adults and, and what things they will think of as private and, and what they won't. It's, it's going to be entirely different. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the generational thing. I mean, if you look at uh, tablets, and then I remember a few years ago when the Kindle was announced, people were saying that within five to ten years that it was going to change the industry. Um, we're pretty close to being five years in, and it hasn't changed anything, um, mainly because the little kids these days that are in school still have paper books. You know, they don't have tablets. They don't have iPads. They don't have Kindles. Um, and I said a couple of years back, I'm like, it's more of a generational thing, and it probably won't happen for at least at least 20 years. Yeah, it takes a while to work its way uh, through acceptance and, and and through the system and 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 the business practices of of how you grant royalties and market things and all, and all of that. Peter, we'll stick with you for your short term prediction uh, when you when you look over the next few years to 10, 20 years, wh- whatever t- uh, timeline on the short term, what do you see? Uh. Well, I was told that I didn't have to stick with tech, so I'm not going to stick with tech for this one. Very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I think Hollywood is going to continue to sort of rape and pillage the comic book industry, and they're going to fail miserably forever and ever and ever. Interesting. So um, you're, I assume you're a big – you sound like a big comic fan. Um, so, so am I. I mean, we. I get excited about a comic book movie, and then I'm often sort of uh, let down by it. Uh, not always. I, I feel like the the Nolan movies are pretty good, and and there's some other good examples. And I don't know what this year is going to bring. There's so many possible bombs and maybe possible good comic book movies. I don't know. But why do you see them as pillaging it rather than finally tapping into it as a valid source of good storytelling? What's what's the difference for you? Well, I mean, I think if you take a look at sort of the tentpole uh, characters for the big two for DC and Marvel, right? DC hasn't really done a very good job of... I mean, they probably have the best catalog of characters, in my opinion. And Nolan's been the only one to sort of make that mess. Uh, you know, the Superman movie was terrible, and I... Not so sure that Zack Snyder's going to do a good job with the Superman reboot. Um, Kelly's uh, Wonder Woman TV show looks pretty bad. Um, and then as far as Marvel's concerned, I mean, I think Iron Man, the first one, was really the only good one. And ever since then, sort of gone downhill. Captain America looks good, but Thor just just looks funky, you know. Some of the, some of the characters just don't translate well to movies. Yeah. And you're, and yeah, as a purist, was, you would would you rather just sort of see them not, just not mess with the stuff and, and make that kind of hallowed ground and let's not move that into other venues? I mean, you could argue that like The Walking Dead is a good example of taking something that is already kind of a weird subject for comic books. Generally, it's more of an independent, you know, stab at things and less of a of a mainstream cape and cowl kind of book, obviously. Yeah. And then to translate that to television, that's had a really successful run for its first season and and looks good for season two. How do you feel like yeah. those? Do you feel like that kind of stuff maybe has better better feet than maybe something more mainstream like X Men or Superman? Um, yeah, I mean, The Walking Dead is a is a great example of, of comics and graphic novels actually translating well, mainly because it just focuses on uh, human emotion more or less um, and the humanity of, of actually being a little I don't know being overtaken by zombies, um, but. 
you know, this last week there was a, a report that said um, that Batman was going to get rebooted as soon as Nolan is done. I mean, why? Why is that? Is it mainly because Warner Brothers doesn't have Harry Potter to, to rely on anymore? I mean, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah, Peter, I was reading that piece you did uh, in the Daily recently about the Batman reboot, and I thought you made some good points about, you know, we just had a series of Batman movies. Why Why does Batman need to be the subject of the next group of movies? Yeah, yeah. the, the third one's not even out yet, and we're talking about rebooting it. So I'm with you on that one. That bugs me a little bit. But is it, is it a, I mean, is it a, we vote with our money, we decide whether we want to go or not, you know, that way. And when right. something as bad as you know, Batman and Robin comes along and just stinks up the joint. And then we're all wanting a reboot. In this case, it's weird because we've got the movies we kind of asked for, the kind of movies that we really, you know, felt like were true to the books and we trust Nolan and all this sort of stuff. And now they're talking about doing it again. That that leaves that leaves me a little stale as well. But um, it's an interesting prediction that 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 they'll you know, that, that, that studios won't get wise and figure out how best to sort of position themselves to best take advantage of this rich you know, storytelling base, the stuff that is so good and has been good for so long. It used <laughs> yeah. to be the, the the domain of nerds, and now it's the domain of mainstream America. Um, yeah, I mean, do you, do you, how do you how do you feel like, do you think this year will help determine any of that? Do you think this year is so full of stinkers that we're going to stop doing this for a while, that the comic book fa- uh, trend will just fade? How do you, how do you see that happening? Uh, I don't think it's actually going to fade, mainly because, well... So for Sirs, it's going to be pretty much all about Marvel Comics this summer. Um, like I said, Captain America looks really good. Thor sort of a little iffy on. Um, but, you know, you sort of take a look at, uh, you know, it's funny. Over the weekend, I, I randomly decided to watch Daredevil for the first time. I was astonished at how crappy it was. And then I, I did a little Googling, and it, it turns out that it made over $179 million. Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't think that any of the movies coming out in the next couple of years that are based on sort of, I guess, these tentpole, cold, tentpole characters, aren't they're not going to fail miserably. I mean, that's the... That's why that's they keep the, making that's them. That's the downside, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there was a day when they failed miserably. it's sort of our miserably. fault. I mean, it's, it's nostalgia. Oh, it is our it's fault. It's nostalgia for us to go back and want to watch these. And uh, was that the second time you've seen Daredevil after the first time was so brutal? Uh... I never actually watched it all the way through the first time. I just stopped after a few minutes, mainly because I thought Ben Affleck was, was terrible at being Matt Murdock. Plus, it's a lot cheaper to acquire rights to a comic book than it is yeah. to pay for someone to create an original screenplay. Uh, it's, right. It's, it's, it's just a better, it's a better bet. Well, I mean, it's Disney and, and Warner Brothers. And, I mean, they neither of them have really come up with anything original, especially Disney, in the last few years besides some of their more 3D intensive animated films. But, um, I mean, now that they own Marvel, they're going to go through that catalog of characters and just (laughs) screw it up. Make a movie out of every single blasted one of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, let's move into our long-term predictions, and Peter, we'll stick with you. Uh, When you look more in the the 100 years flying cars kind of sense, although I guess we're supposed to have the flying cars right now, but when you you look (laughs) long-term, what do you see? Uh, It's funny, Mark and I sort of agree on this one. Um, And again, I was recently watching Wally and, and you know, you see the humans in that movie, and they're all basically just self-contained slobs in a little floating chair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's 
that's eventually the way that we're all going to go, mainly because we're always looking at some sort of device, you know, like whatever uh, mobile device you have. And, and even the, you know, the tech companies are all gearing towards that. It's all tablets and cell phones. Um, it's not so much about desktop PCs anymore. And, you know, you're sort of required to, people like opt in into checking in everywhere, like whether it's Foursquare or Facebook. And yeah, I'm afraid that we will no longer talk to each other um, face-to-face and it'll just be over Skype or IM. I wonder if that movie will... But like when I watch that movie, I kind of want to be the robots in the scenario. Like I, I feel Absolutely. like the people are the worst and the robots are agile and free thinking and interesting. <laughs> and the people yeah. are, I mean, that's the idea of it, of course. But I wonder if this will push a segment of our society to not, to do everything within their power not to be that thing. You know what I mean? Like it's easy in a movie to say, well, we all became that thing. But even now, I've, I have friends who used to be just, you know, freaks about internet and twit, Twitter and, um, not twit, but, uh, you know, Facebook and all that. They're just all into the social media stuff. And then one day they said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want a cell phone anymore. I don't want to be connected to any of these networks. I'm taking everything down. And they have essentially become internet Amish in a weird way. And they don't go near any of it. Do you think that we will see a faction of those you know, rebels rise out of this uh, otherwise, you know, soft, gushy, floating chair kind of society. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think it's so incredibly hard to go off the grid these days. Um, I know a couple of years ago, Wired did that thing about um, one of the writers or editors going off the grid and, and they had a contest of saying, like, can you find this guy? Or, or they did it again, rather, um, a couple of years ago. But, you know, I think the way that technology is advancing and sort of all these factories are popping up in all these countries where people would normally go to sort of escape that sort of thing. I just don't think it's possible. Um, I remember, I think I was reading something in National Geographic a while ago saying that even in the most, the most quiet place that you could possibly go on Earth, you could still sort of hear um, uh, industrial noises like airplanes or whatever the case is. Uh, it's just, we can't get away from it. There's no way. Even on the moon, I'm sort of doomed. Yeah, <laughs> some 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 you know Russian satellite's going to crash into the moon while you're up there trying to get some peace. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, no, it's a, it's a, it, it. I think uh, that your prediction could could become right in a lot of different ways. One way is, is not so much that we retreat from each other, but because the communication tools becomes so good that it's just as good to interact with someone virtually as it is in person. And so we don't see the need to make the effort to be somewhere in person. That's basically it. Mark, you're a, you love technology depressing. like the rest of us. How, how do you, how do you Mark see the, the, the future of the future of the lazy nerd fat guy? I like to call it. Well, my, my prediction and Peter and I were comparing before the show and he said, Wally, I said, you know, I made up a name, the Ultra Seat, which I basically stole the chair from Wally and from Idiocracy. Um, essentially, this voluntary wheelchair that you sit in and you roll around in, and it's got like speakers and the TV that pops up in front of you. It's just like a super depressing outlook, but it's entirely plausible to me. Uh, um, yeah, I, I love the internet. I got a smartphone. I, I use it probably way too much, but. 
uh, the most memorable times are the ones that I spend with people. And I can't, it's hard to like imagine a scenario where, uh, uh, you know, actually just decide that, oh, it, it's better to not see this person. It's better to just like talk to them through Skype or something. Yeah, it's it's right now. It's hard to imagine a world where it'd be better to talk talk to someone in Skype than in person. Are you sure? <laughs> Can See? you imagine a world where it would? No, I, 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 like I said, it's very hard to imagine. We're experiencing yeah. that Skype lag right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move over to you, uh, Mark, and get your long term prediction. When you looked uh, into the uh, the far distant future, what do you see? The long, long term, or, or no, just just your long term, not your crazy. Oh, mine was was the ultra seat. Oh, the ultra just, seat uh, is your that the, is your prediction. Okay, wheelchair. so we're we're yeah, getting mine, the uh, nice. Getting... All right, well, wait, let's explore that more then. Uh, <laughs> tell me more <laughs> about your ultra seat. When can no, I, I buy an ultra seat? <laughs> All right, you want me to do my Steve Jobs? I was impressed yeah, to sell, sell us, you. sell us on this. It's it's magical and revolutionary. It's got speakers, surround sound speakers that we partnered with Bose to, to bring you the most fidelity sound you could get. Even if you had headphones on, you wouldn't be able to hear anything like this. It has a, uh, a video monitor built into the armrest. And this isn't your standard video monitor. It shoots lasers directly into your eyes. So people won't even know when you're watching TV. Somebody could roll right up to you and have no idea that you're not even looking at them or paying attention to them. Would this be and, our mode of transportation? Would it be our toilet? Oh, Would easy. it be our, all that? Easy. It's, yeah, it's got rocket engines built into it, so you can go whichever speed is comfortable for you, and you can put it on autopilot. You you pull up a uh, Google Maps, tell it where you want to go, and you don't even have you can watch your uh, laser TV while it's while it's getting you there. Love it. What do you think, uh, <laughs> Peter? Are you convinced? Will you buy an Ultra Seat? Uh, if you're partnering with Bose, that means it's going to be overpriced, like their TV. <laughs> so. Maybe not. No, uh, I don't think I will. All right. So true. What about you, Scott? Um, you know, as I sit in this terrible Office Max chair that I bought, I think that his idea sounds pretty good to me. But I'm really, <laughs> I'm kind of anti a future where I'm so comfortable that I'm not motivated to, to be active at all or, or whatever. So I'm kind of opposed to that future generally. But also my back hurts, so his chair sounds kind of nice right now. So maybe I, maybe I, I could have... You know, a, a part-time relationship with this future chair, and, and that would work for me. I'd be all right. Yeah, it has the uh, most revolutionary have. advanced lumbar support. <laughs> Sweet. Gotcha. Covered. What are you calling? But do you have a title name for this chair? Do you have a, do you, do you have a uh, name yet? Tentatively, we're calling it the Ultra Seat. Now, for stylistic reasons, we may change it to um, Seat, S-E-E-T. Uh, <laughs> but we're still ironing out the kinks. All right, <laughs> sign well, me up. Can I pre-order or what? I think you're gonna you're gonna need a website if you want to take pre-orders, and and that's where our, our sponsor of Forecast comes in. Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to start a high quality website or blog. Go register ultraseat.squarespace.com right now. No credit card needed. You get a 14 day free trial, and you can you can get started with your Ultra Seat or other blog, whatever you need. Maybe you want. Maybe you're like Peter. And you want to stop the ultra seat 
or ultraseatsucks.squarespace.com. Maybe you just want to go like right head to head. I'm not suggesting that. I think it's a fine idea, but you that's the point about Squarespace. You can do whatever you want. Make whatever blog site you want. They've got modules to build your website. You can tweak the CSS if you want, but you don't even have to know what CSS is. If you're like, Tom, I don't know what CSS is. Squarespace is perfect for you. You just point and click. You pick a theme. You say, I want to make that green. You pick the green button. You can be the kind of person who exists only in an ultra seat and still make a beautiful website at squarespace.com. Even import your old blog from WordPress, Blogger, Movable Type, and TypePad, and you're not locked in. They're, they're into data portability. You can take it back out later if you want as well, but we don't think you'll want to. Try it out for 14 days free. Uh, go to squarespace.com slash forecast. Don't need a credit card to try it out. Just give it a shot. Import your blog. Set up a new blog, whatever you want to do, uh, and, and see if you like it. And we thank them for their support of forecast have you have you in the time it took me to read that mark you could have set up ultraseat.squarespace.com i should have it's probably gone by now yeah well uh we'll get your crazy prediction uh and then you can check it out and see see if it's there and if it is there uh maybe you can partner with those people but uh yeah first off your crazy ass prediction one that's really out there like in two thousand years we'll all be made of potato chips or something like that. What's what's your prediction? Uh, looking over my list, it's looking increasingly bleak. But all right, so uh, I'm saying in 500 years, we will all live in mole homes, and we'll live underground because it's climate controlled and um, free from any sort of environmental pollutions. Um, it's also you know, for the suckers that are living above ground, we've got all the amenities uh, down in, in the earth. And uh, maybe you'll make friends with some mole people. So are these mole people or are they chud? Because that's a very b- big distinction for me. No, these it's actually like a high-scale place to live. You live underground because that's where all the new uh, uh, housing market is. Um, like I said, it's climate-controlled. And, uh, you know, I, I essentially took all of my predictions from movies. This is The Matrix. And <laughs> the last one was Wally. So <laughs> I, I, I basically just cheated for the show. But That's cool. So mole homes. We like, we like it when people do that. So mole homes is the next big move. So not mobile you, homes. Right. Mole homes. <laughs> now, you are not, and not homes for tiny people that live in old ladies' moles either. We want to make this very clear. <laughs> but I want to say this real quick. We have... Multiple people on this show have predicted Did you the say underground. Multiple well, people, old two people, multiple Mold. people, <laughs> multiple. Yeah, exactly. Um, we we've had them predict this underground movement. Like we're gonna. That's the wrong term, but we all gonna move underground and live there. Um, I think that's the right term. <laughs> and every time it comes Everybody's up, I always think, why, why aren't we doing? Why aren't we doing this yet? Like Mark, in your mind, why are we not already? making inroads into living there because it seems like all of, if all of the amenities are there and none of the pollution and all the advantages of whatever, you know, we think living underground is and are, why aren't we there now? Well, we have basements and there are still plenty more rainforest to tear down. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's still land available, so it's not, you know, we don't need to underground, but, um, you know, there's more space down there. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a fair question that, that Scott's asking, which, which is, you know, why 
with all of the advantages to to living underground, even shallow underground provides a lot of advantages in 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 heat savings. I remember there was a guy in Southern Illinois when I was growing up. Everybody thought it was crazy because he built his house into the side of a hill, uh, but he paid virtually nothing for electricity uh, because of the fact that he he didn't have to heat and cool his house as much. Uh, Peter, do you do you have any idea why it's not more popular to to move underground? Is that just just a prejudice? Uh, because I think it's dirty. <laughs> Impossible <laughs> to keep clean. Uh, it's not even dirty. It's know, just that is dirt. actually a really good question as to why we don't do it now. Mainly because we're sort of scrambling to to find new places to conquer and, and pillage and plunder and set up factories. Um, also, don't you think stable? it kind of represents a step backwards in a way? Like, yeah. It's in in a real in a, in a very real way. It seems like whether or not it's true, and the, and there's a lot of undiscovered things if we go inward and in our oceans and other things. But it seems like that's backwards. It seems like we want to go out. We want to go to the moon and then planets and then beyond. And and we don't want to get stuck in the uh, the dirt. As I think, as you I, I honestly, I, the, I'm, I'm th- only thinking about it right now. But the more I think about it, the more I think it's because there's no curb appeal. People buy houses because of the way they think they'll look to other people. And a big old mansion sitting above ground, you know, looks a lot, a lot better than a big old mansion buried underground that you can't see. Yeah, but maybe we could do a little That's of true. both. Like, why not have, uh, and, and Peter, you can speak to this, but why not this idea of like, okay, Indiana Jones, that place in Jordan with the, with the big cutout, uh, whatnot, where, where, the, where the grail was supposedly hidden. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, only the penitent man shall pass and all that. That would be cool if all of our house fronts were in the sides of like canyons and stuff. <laughs> it seems like that's a good step toward this to this move, and it answers Tom's vanity question, which is, I want to look good too. Well, couldn't we just have really fancy front doors that are above ground? Yeah, like, I mean, how else would we get? Oh, like the uh, the uh, New York City Apple Store is just a giant glass above ground, and then the entire store is below ground. There you go. There you go. All, all, once again, Apple leading the way. <laughs> but what about what about waste? Oh, Are we yeah. going to run into the same problems down there? That well, instead of burying it, here. We push it up. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, going out of pipe so just like it does now. <laughs> Is that how we do it? Well, yeah, but where does it? I mean, right now it goes to underground pipes and, and sewage systems. And There's a lot of underground. They can just go farther underground, right? Uh, okay, sure. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet. MN7 in the chat room says, Toilets will flush up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only below the equator. I think that's how that goes. Ooh, that's like weird. That. All yeah. right, uh, Peter, we turn to you for your crazy-ass prediction. Uh, in, in 2,000 years, we'll all turn into sheep or, or whatever. What do you got? Uh, how did you know? Ah, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to scoop you. <laughs> you know, actually, as morbid, morbid as mine is, I think that eventually Mother Nature will sort of get sick of us and want to shake us off altogether. And then we'll have to go through another industrial revolution. So we'll start over. Yes. Wow. So how far back? You think right before the industrial age or, or something before then? I just think everything is going to get wiped off and then we'll just have to start over again. Just Wow. But the remaining people will remember, right? Isn't the hope that there will be people with enough expertise to rebuild yeah, absolutely. quicker? Well, well, I hope not. I hope this is what happens. Hold on. I got to show this to the camera. Uh-oh, he's, he's doing deep research. Sorry, you got to see this. So look at this. So I bought this thing as well. Tom will remember this. Um, it is a, it's a fossil record of a PlayStation 2 controller uh, in stone. 
And I always imagine that in the future, some 2,000 years from now, some scientist is going to find this and not know what the crap it is and not have any idea. They'll think they will, just like we do when we find some artifact. But we're going to look at it and go, or they're going to look at it and go, well, we think it uh, was their part of their cooking. Or, you know, they won't have any idea what the <laughs> heck this thing is. And I'm totally looking forward to that day, even though I won't be here. I think that'll be awesome. So I support your future. A, because I won't be here, but B, it's cool. It's a cool idea to think we'd have to start over and people would find weird stuff like this and then try to figure out what the heck we were doing. Well, and it's happened before, right? I mean, you know, we've gone through great technological advances in Egypt, uh, in Rome, in China, and then, you know, the civilizations either stagnate or, or even it totally fall backwards uh, and everything has to start over from scratch again. Uh, the difference then is geography was such that when Europe fell into the Dark Ages, for instance, they didn't feel uh, the direct influence of the Islamic countries or the Asian countries that could have maybe brought them back out of it faster. Now we're in a worldwide community uh, that, that talks to each other very quickly. So I, I guess that's where your Mother Nature side of the argument comes in. It just tears apart that infrastructure and we go back to not being able to talk to each other, huh? Absolutely. I mean, I think... It's honestly my hope that we'll sort of take the technology that's available today, like at least the clean energy, um, and sort of just start over from there. That way we don't screw it up again. Someone in the chat room says, Scott is wrong because of recorded history, the idea that, that we have a, a bunch of history that would remain and people would still know or whatever. But we're talking about a complete wipeout of all that stuff, all the yeah. data that we have on hard drives and storage media and all this stuff gone most yeah. of our paper stuff burned in the great fire, I predict. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's that's we would need to start at square one. And hey, why not? Let's do it all. Let's make all the same mistakes again. I can't wait. Mark, what are you doing to prepare for this scenario? I am building my mole home tonight and I'm going <laughs> underground. <laughs> Only the mole men will survive. All right. I guess it, then we should make you prepare for four questions. Hey, eh, Scott. I think we should, too. This is a rapid-fire style set of four questions for each of you. You do not have time to sit and think about it too hard. You must answer from the gut. You must answer from the heart. Are you guys ready for your four questions? Ready. All right. I'm going to ask Mark. Mark, you ready? I'm going to ask you my questions. <clears throat> Bring it on. Here we go. What modern convenience do you think is, the most, is, is in the most need of a futuristic upgrade? Milk. <laughs> do you mean Kevin it's... Rose's new incubator startup no, no, or the no, no, drink? Do with Kevin Rose. I okay, mean, okay. From right. cows. Okay, from I think cows. Uh, I think it should last longer. I shouldn't have to buy milk as often. Cybernetic uh, utter implants is the answer to that one. Uh, when you find your dusty, when, I'm sorry. When they and this is related to what I talked about earlier. When they find your dusty bones in 2,000 years. What do you hope that archaeologists of the time say about you? I couldn't believe he could fly. I, <laughs> I hope to someday be able to fly. I couldn't believe wow. he could touch the sky. He'll have wing bones. <laughs> cool. Or they'll say his bones are so strong, he must have had that futuristic milk. Uh, uh, we will let's see. Will we ever have a new regular Star Trek series? I've never seen a single episode of Star Trek. So, Oh, twice now, Tom. Two weeks in a row, someone who's never seen Star Wars or Star Trek. Have you seen Star Wars? Oh, no. I have seen all the Star Wars. I actually saw the Star Trek reboot movie. That was the only Star Trek thing I've ever well, seen. Well, that explains it. You're a Star Wars guy. Yeah, yeah, I like Star Wars. 
Yeah, Star Trek movies are basically Star Wars anyway. Anyway, let's start that fight. Some up of the them are room. like the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we start farming our own artificial synthetic meat, will we also wrap that in bacon? I hope so. <laughs> yes, I'm going with yes. Correct answer. The correct uh, answer is there is nothing that shouldn't be wrapped in bacon. Either. <laughs> That's right. Bacon should be wrapped in bacon. Tom, over to you, sir. Uh, bacon wrapped bacon and then mm. deep fried. Yum. All right, Peter Ha, are you sitting comfortably, sir? Here. <laughs> Good. Then we'll begin. <laughs> and then you're in the right frame of mind. Question number one. What year will Apple go out of business? <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Just throw Year something out. Forty fifty. Forty fifty. Do you, do you have any wow. inkling why that would happen? No. Acquis- merger acquisition, something like that. Something uh, like- question number two: What flavor of soda will be most popular in the year twenty one hundred? Seven up. Wow! <laughs> Finally, a perennial. Not a not some weird futuristic flavor. We're just gonna love the Seven Up. Finally, it's the yeah. Uncola. Uh, question number three: Will optical storage ever die, and why? No, I don't think it will, because everything that's stored in the cloud is on an optical drive, isn't it? Um, uh, not necessarily. I'm, I'm thinking particularly of things like Blu-ray. Uh, things in the cloud um, are stored on stored in magnetic or flash drives. Okay. Uh, yes. So yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and and wh- and why will that happen? Why will we not need uh, discs anymore? Because everything's going to go to the cloud, and yeah. as soon as our internet speed gets gets a lot faster than it is now, we'll, we'll be okay. All right. And uh, question number four: When can I train my dog to fetch the daily for me? <laughs> can your dog fetch an iPad right now? <laughs> Suppose so. Can she push her soft, wet nose to the screen? Look, all you need to do is attach a little bit of a, a leash to it, and she can drag it over yeah. to you. Can I, can I get my dog to, to be able to use the touchscreen to load up the latest issue? We will make an attachment for the dog's nose. <laughs> That's great. So the screen will recognize it. That's and fantastic. And will use magnets. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you uh, for playing along four questions, and thank you both for being on Forecast. It was great. Yeah, this was fun. Mark Millian, uh, you are tech writer for CNN, uh, recently moved up to the Bay Area. Uh, let folks know a little bit more about what you do and where they can find you on the Internet. Uh, cover general technology, mobile and stuff, uh, CNN.com slash tech and Mark Millian on Twitter. And Peter Ha, a tech editor for The Daily. Of course, The Daily you can find on your iPad, as we just alluded to. Uh, much easier to get to if you're not a dog. In most cases, Correct. I think it's fair to say. Uh, but let folks know a little bit about what you do there and uh, how they can get the daily. Sure. So if you just go to the App Store, you can download the daily for your iPad or iPad 2. Uh, we'll be coming to Android at some point uh, soon. And you can find me at twitter.com slash the Peter All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for watching. Scott Johnson, we got anything to mention before we head out? No, um, for those who think Current Geek is dead, you are incorrect. It is coming back. We will have episodes at some point in the near future. That is my prediction for the show today. Uh, so I'm looking forward to those with Tom and I. It will, it will happen. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Yes, and don't forget, uh, they can always follow me on Twitter, Extra Life. There is a lot going on right now, so that is the best place to find out what exactly. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for watching Forecast. Of course, you can find us on the web at forecastpodcast.com. Email us, forecastpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in the future. Bye-bye. Wait. And wait.